1: Happy Friday, Las Vegas. Ooh, what a week. I am here with co-host David Figler and contributor Andrew Corrali. And today on CityCast Las Vegas, we're talking about that wild Trump interview where he calls Nevada disgraceful, tourists gone wild, and the go-back-to-California license plate. It's Friday, July 14th. I'm Vogue Robinson, and here's what Las Vegas is talking about. Good morning, Andrew. Good morning, David. How are y'all doing?
2: Good, good, good morning. Hey, good morning, Vogue. Good morning, Andrew. Oh, it's Friday. Always an exciting day of the week, that Friday. We made it.
1: All right. (laughs) So let's get into the topics of the day. And We're going to start where everybody loves to start, which is with the former president coming into town to tell us that our entire state is disgraceful uh, in an interview. So (laughs) why not? Andrew, do you want to tell us the story?
3: Yeah. So uh, ex-President Trump recently described Nevada as a disgraceful state. During a, a recent interview uh, uh, in Las Vegas, and uh, I just love the word disgraceful. It has this sort of morally indignant texture mm. that has so many layers to it mm. and says, you know, so much about who, who Trump is. But yeah, to uh, kind of summarize, Trump recently had an interview with an online conservative publication called the Nevada Globe, um, which uh, my my understanding is run out of uh, somewhere in northern Nevada. Mm -hmm. And in this interview, quite predictably, um, he claimed that he had won Nevada in both 2016 and 2020, but lost to election fraud. Um, And in that sense, there's really nothing new or interesting about this interview beyond, you know, him you know, just regurgitating the same McFlurry of lies about you know losing the election and there being fraud, and it's more or less you know this uh, confusing word salad of hoax this, witch hunt that, uh, you know fraud fraud this. Um, I thought the most interesting thing though is that he calls out uh, former Nevada AG and failed gubernatorial candidate Adam Laxalt, who is now backing Ron DeSantis uh, in uh, two twenty four in twenty twenty four. Um, Laxalt, of course, we we know uh, co-chaired Trump's 2020 re-election campaign in Nevada, and happily echoed Trump's election lies about fraud after Trump lost Nevada. Um, but I thought what was interesting is, yeah, Trump uh, applies the uh, the same obsessive language about weakness and strength, uh, you know, toward Adam Laxalt, who he calls you know weak and cowardly, and implies that there's some kind of genetic degradation going on in his family line, uh, um, because he calls his, you know, his uh, sort of political legacy uh, weaker and weaker.
1: Yes. Laxalt was a very weak candidate. He was pathetic, is the quote from the article. And it was, yeah.
2: Yeah. No, his grandfather was a storied uh, senator and political influencer. His birth father, which he had no relationship with for a very long time, from what I understand, was a senator from New Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I almost thought of this interview,
3: which is, you know, not really even an interview. It's, it's kind of like, sadly credulous hero worship masquerading as, you know, actual journalism. But it is an interesting kind of petri dish to look at some of, you know, this language, this obsession with strength, this obsession with, you know, weakness. And, you know, those are like, you know, major authoritarian red flags and him, you know, sort of beating on a a state that he needs. It kind of, you know, doesn't matter when it comes to his, you know, actual, you know, realistic election prospects in, in Nevada, because at this point, there's kind of nothing that he could say to turn off the this this crazily resilient rabid loyalty that he has among the the maga cult you know mm-hmm. and and so i think there's always going to be this you know fanatical contingent of of people who em- embrace this kind of messianic nationalism that that uh, he peddles with uh, this really you know super scary apocalyptic language and i thought that was kind of like the most interesting thing from the interview otherwise it's you know um it was something he gave this woman at at, uh, nevada globe megan barth on the way to like a ufc unfiltered podcast interview (laughs) so uh, i thought that was kind of uh bleakly humorous as well
2: and we're using interview in quotes because you know there were no follow-up questions it was basically like what's your favorite color type interview yeah yeah david you know no, seriously, I think uh, that really yeah, I think was the first question. question was like, "What's your favorite your childhood memory?" Childhood memory.
1: I think the attempt was a profile, though. I th- I feel like it was like, was it that it started Did there you... it was like you know an attempt to humanize him, and it it got close. Um, it still didn't have any like really? concrete details. Uh, we're at,
2: we're in 2023, folk, and we're talking about humanizing. Uh, an I'm individual. Just I mean, he, first off, newsflash: he's this a human.
1: Might have started with that uh-huh. question instead of digging it's, into yeah. you know all the things that really needed to be discussed. I think that was the attempt. The first question is
3: actually strangely insightful because she asks like, "What's your favorite childhood memory?" And he blathers on about all these generalities about how he had a strong and loving family mm-hmm. to, to raise him. But he says something really interesting in there because he says. He has this throwaway line where he says, like, and a strong and loving family is a great advantage in life. And if you don't have it, you suffer. And I thought, wow, is that like some kind of See? inadvertent admission that white privilege exists See? and that he is a product of that? Thank you. And so there was like this moment of like, it was right oh my God, there." he's coming dangerously close to being woke. <laughs> <laughs> oh he's calling God. woke.
1: But it was the closest thing to him admitting you know, yeah, there's a difference. There's there's a difference between, you know, how people grow up and what kind of families they have. But it also was still like the propaganda of like you marriage is like the 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 foundation of all good American families and every people should be married yeah. and loving parents. So that combination. And so I think it makes for a caricature or not a caricature, but it makes for like painting a photo and it's a very like blurry yeah. photo and if you squint in your eyes and it kind of looks like maybe there's something clear there and it was it was the closest right. thing it was the closest thing to me being to what like, end
2: mm. though i mean
1: who? yeah to, who, to, to yeah to at to this no point, point
2: who who cares i'm just gonna say the guy comes into our state says it wrong says negative things calls us disgraceful and we're chatting about it and i guess mission accomplished for him is just to keep him relevant somehow but i i don't know it, it it just feels ugly even talking about it in any terms because he doesn't care about us why should we be caring so much about him mm-hmm. fair enough
3: mm-hmm.
1: yeah but coming to the state shows a care we're the first stop we were his first stop in his campaign so there's a desire to gather whatever votes are present in our state he wants them and i mean we' You know, we were blue in 2020 and we elected a Republican governor in 2022. So I know we're a purple state. Do you think we're going to stay in this purple range? Do you think these visits that he's having and these multiple, you know, chatting it up, photos of him with Guy Fieri and other kind of people who are staples in our city? Are these the ways? Is this the path for Trump to win Nevada?
3: Yeah, and I think to to answer David's question is that you know there you know Nevada is still a competitive state, so there was some purpose behind this interview. And, I, and I'm not a pundit, and I have no, you know, sort of granular insight into the demographics and the sort of political texture of, of Nevada. But I think it's safe to say that we're going to be purple for a long time. We're, we're going to be a switch for decades to come. I, I would venture.
2: So are you saying Andrew that in your opinion Nevada will remain a place where there's a purple rain?
1: Oh god. One might
2: actually say that. I will endorse that pun <laughs> by by
3: answering a hearty yes. That's that's a good one. I'm going to I'm going to steal that purple rain.
2: <laughs> I am curious about like if the celebrities are going to keep kind of flocking to them at those big Big sporting type events because we have lots of sporting type events. You may come back tomorrow. I really, really wonder if uh the the shaming of people like Guy Fieri and Mark Wahlberg has any impact. Or if, you know, next thing we're gonna see is him, you know, skipping down the strip with carrot top.
3: Oh, what an image. That's apocalyptic. <laughs>
2: Hey, it's David Figler, and one of my favorite food festivals is coming back to town. It's Vegas Unstripped over at the Palms Hotel on Saturday, May 18th. Over two dozen chefs from some of Las Vegas' most talked about restaurants creating original, unique menu items they've never made before. Chef creativity at its best. We're talking chefs from Partage, Esther's Kitchen, Milpa, EDO, and more, including this year's James Beard Award finalist Steve Kessler from Aroma.
1: So um, let's talk about other wild things in our city. Um, Let's talk about our tourists that have gone wild. I feel like I used to blame the tourists kind of acting a fool on, you know, okay, people are free, people are vaccinated, and they're all the way up. They don't know how to act. But at this point, we're, we're a couple years into people being vaccinated, and it's still like, oh, you forgot how to act when you go outside. So there were four people at the win female presenting and they were fighting each other and they were nearby a poker tournament. Um, One was trying to pull the other off of a scooter. Other people's underwear was exposed. And the best thing about the videos, because there were multiple videos, the best thing about these videos is that Adele's rolling in the deep was playing in the background.
2: Oh, no. (laughs) So
1: in the background, it's like you could have had it all (laughs) rolling in the deep. And that's the best part of that one, y'all. I love it. So that's one hot mess. Then... A frontier flight was diverted to Denver because there was a fight on the plane, apparently. People were in arguments. Uh, and then a, a man held a woman hostage and broke a window at Caesars. And then there was a naked guy at Harris. And this is like from the weekend to Tuesday, <laughs> all of this has happened. So from last weekend to this Tuesday, all of these shenanigans have occurred. And that's not um, even
2: mentioning the Britney slap. Oh,
1: yeah. I didn't even look at oh, that. Oh, that's
2: right. That also happened in a casino.
1: Uh, So do these articles tell us something important about our like tourism industry or the safety in our casinos? Or is this just like voyeurism masquerading as news?
2: It can't be both.
1: I I know. (laughs) There
2: have been a lot of comments, right, on, on all these events. And obviously they're all unique and individual. Most of them seem to have some connection to drugs or alcohol, uh, I think the naked guy who got into a fight with a one-legged man and then jumped up oh, butt naked on a on. table in Harrah's claims that he was drugged. You know, from from the, the four women who got into a brawl to what was shaping up to be this sort of domestic violence horror nightmare uh, of someone using meth and breaking out windows and destroying uh, a suite up at Caesars. There is a lot of discussion about... The role or at least the perception of the welcomeness of basically just kind of getting high and having your Vegas fun. And there's now some pushback on whether or not we invite that too much as a city, that this is a place to cut loose and do something different. And boy, people are certainly cutting loose this last week. Mm-hmm.
3: So, David, is your feeling that, you know, this kind of behavior is increasing or is it just more visible in the age of ubiquitous, you know, surveilling, you know, social media everywhere? Because, you know, everyone is ready at a moment's notice to, you know, whip out their phone and record something that even seems like it might blow up on on TikTok mm-hmm. or, you know, get, get views on, on Twitter.
2: I wonder that m- myself and I don't know the answer. That's a really great question. And I think it asks uh, a lot about like. Is there a, 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 an overuse of drugs and alcohol in Las Vegas? Are illegal drugs especially more prevalent or available here? Mm. Are pre- people bringing them from other places and feeling mm. like, oh, I wouldn't use this back home, but I will use this here, but I don't know how to do it? I was to say, and I do, I do wonder whether,
3: you know, encouraging permissiveness about Vegas with the increasingly lax attitude towards, you know, recreational drug use is kind of creating this cocktail of, of bad behavior. And I think boy if you uh, think it's bad now wait till consumption lounges are you know dotting oh, no. Las Vegas as you know no, as... no
2: first of all that won't be on the strip second of all you know it, it's a whole different vibe look I was down on the strip a couple weekends ago it was mm-hmm. constant crowded action if that makes sense like, good way, there or was bad way activity well I, I mean hard to say uh there was a lot of screaming yelling people pushing. It just felt really uncomfortable. Like, you know, I wanted to get out of there. But more than anything, I noted that and and I'm a, a a Vegas kid who kind of grew up in and around those casinos. One thing I didn't see that I used to see all the time as a kid, security everywhere. There wasn't mm. security everywhere. Oh. That's the kind of crazy thing. There was just no... Presence. It was all kind of self-regulated. Now I imagine if something went sideways, there would probably be a lot of security everywhere. There would be because uh, you know you imagine the cameras are still everywhere. But yeah. there's also this concern that we're not paying security guards enough. That there, are, you know, many of the casinos are understaffed. That there are all these tensions about you know what area is to be policed and what area is to just be you know law of the land. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's a very different Las Vegas than I remember for a while.
3: Interesting. Yeah. And your point about security guards is, is, you know, definitely noted. And another thing about security guards, it's like, I used to afford some level of like professional esteem to security guards. And maybe that was just, you know, my youth and just attributing (laughs) that because they were like authority figures. But nowadays they look like like 11 year olds in like those bright yellow shirts (laughs) on their bicycles with the oversized helmet. And I'm like, that's Quaint, but also troubling. You don't feel so, secure. Uh, yeah, i i I feel like I feel like security could be a, a bit uh, more enhanced.
2: But people so. are always going to come to Vegas and you know feel like there's free reign to act uh, the fool, and sometimes it gets out of control, and sometimes somebody doses your drink, apparently or allegedly.
1: Oh, no, well, you know, it's been twenty years since the the phrase, the slogan of "What happens here stays here" debuted, and I find it like super interesting because now. I feel like it's it's coming back to bite us. It's part of the problem is that as long as people think that they can just do whatever they want and we're a warp zone, we're, a I don't know, a desert Bermuda Triangle of n- <laughs> it never happened, we're going to keep seeing issues like this where people act outside of their normal character or people try drugs they've never tried. They're mm-hmm. doing things that maybe is, is just like over the top, way beyond, because they want to try something different. And it's... Um, it's a little frightening. Like I hope people stop playing games with their lives.
3: Maybe we need a new like campaign that focuses on tasteful restraint and decorum.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> uh, go for it. Uh, yes, yeah. that's okay. exactly where we're headed. Oh, no, I'm thinking uh, that the marketing people are quietly saying this is all good. Yeah, just not out yeah. loud.
1: Vegas, have a good time. Get home safe. <laughs> we love you. <laughs> Thanks for your money.
2: Vegas, you just don't
1: know. <laughs> I don't know. We're going to have to work on that, y'all. Um, we're going to figure out a better okay, way. Vegas,
2: gamble with your life.
1: No, stop gambling with your life.
2: Oh, no. Where are you going with this dark Andrew Corrali? Damn, dark energy.
1: All right. <laughs> Vegas, we're going to come up with a new slogan. Um, <laughs> I know we have a new one already, but I think we need to start brainstorming. Oh. In the meantime, I feel like what might be the new slogan is go back to California uh, because there was a whole ass license plate <laughs> that people had for a limited period of time. So, David, please tell us about this license plate uh, and its recall. Yeah,
2: it's this is a, a funny story, but also it's kind of like a home. So this is a Nevada motorist, as you mentioned, has had a license plate for a while that said uh, gobk 2 ca which he proudly proclaimed meant go back to California, which, of course, is, you know, embodying that California hate. And so this just has like three threads for me. First of all, uh, he gets this notice. He says, your your license plate is being recalled. And of course, here in Nevada, we could have personalized license plates. They could be up to seven letters, and there's a couple of rules. And we'll probably talk about some of those rules, because he obviously violated one. And the one that they told him he violated was that he was being derogatory towards a large group. uh, Here, that being... Californians, (laughs) Californians, <laughs> you know, that didn't like him at all. So he has an appellate process. Most people don't. They just give it up and then they pick another one. Uh, he's going through that. That's ongoing right now. It, it could drag on for a really long time. But it, it does kind of create a bunch of questions. Number one, is California hate so deep that we need to put it on our license plates? But also, like, what are the boundaries and doesn't this impact free speech? But also, DMV. Nobody mm-hmm. likes you. <laughs> <laughs> what are we going to do? I mean, what, really? what's your take on this, Andrew? I mean, I was impressed to learn that
3: there is this 13 member plate committee right. uh, that convenes for the vanity the plate, plate
2: committee, the commissions.
3: Yeah, exactly. And they convene to adjudicate, quote, suspicious messages on, you know, vanity plates. And I just thought. You know, peak bureaucracy, and I had this image of them, you know, wearing like, you know, cowls and holding candles as the as the star <laughs> chamber convenes to well. to give the thumbs up or the thumbs down to, a, to a, a possibly offensive plate. Who's to say it's not like that?
1: Their name tags are actual license plates with their nicknames on it.
3: Yeah, and I could see, you know, stuff that is just like, you know, blatantly offensive, racist, sexist, go back to California and eh, let the guy have his snark, you know, whatever. You know, I say to all Californians who want to come to Vegas welcome you know vegas was invented by outsiders bring more Mm. so i have no weird defensive nativist impulse to to sort of turn off the spigot
2: and say can't come anymore i just want to throw out one quick stat that essentially a little bit more than one out of four nevadans were even born in nevada we have the lowest uh state-born group The largest group of people who are here other than that are Californians. One out of every five people here is born in California. So, you know, you could talk about Nevada in in a lot of ways. We have been shaped and formed in a lot of ways by California. So to say go Mm -hmm. home, California, that just seems weird to me.
1: As the Californian in the conversation.
2: Thank you.
3: Welcome. Welcome, Vogue. (laughs) A <laughs> hey, belated welcome to <laughs> you. Why,
1: thank you. No, I was born in Arizona, actually, and then grew up in Cali. So I, I don't know if I would say, OK, Californians are forming Nevada. I I wouldn't go that far. I think that's that's like a nature nurture conversation. And I think living mm-hmm. in Nevada has definitely changed the way that I operate, how I relate to community, the way that I that the way that I interact with other human beings because I had to adapt. There are different things about living, um, moving from one place to another that requires the the mover to actually adapt to being here. I I definitely know that. You know, Nevada isn't the only state that has beef with Californians moving into their state. And it's mostly a lot of times when Californians move, it's because our state keeps getting more and more expensive. And so, therefore, you move somewhere else where it's less expensive to move. And then real estate things happen and prices go up. And that's really, I think, the heart of why people like go back to California. Uh, but even my husband, like AJ, will be in the car and will drive past someone who still has California plates and he'll. Li- Go back to California, I'd be like, "Sir, you know I'm your spouse." Sir, <laughs> I'm like, I'm not. Well, to Check
2: my to, to my point, I, I'm saying whatever people think makes Nevada uniquely Nevadan was probably a conversation or uh, a development that happened with lots of Californians in the mix. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, yeah. California's yeah. imprint is on every aspect of. Nevada as we have it now. So is it basically, you know, shut the barn door, no more Californians? You know, that's the thing. It's just it just it people are just so knee jerk about this sort of California migration when it Nevada is the beneficiary of a California migration. And that's how we became whoever we are in a lot of ways and Midwest and, right. you know, the the East Coast. We are the melting pot of the melting pot and all comers. Uh, apparently, except for uh, Californians. But getting back to the DMV. <laughs> I'm in deep disagreement with that statement, David.
1: I just wanted to go on the record and say that.
2: Please oh, my continue. gosh. Well, to the DMV I'm just wondering, we go. Did, to the DMV we go. Did this really make a defamatory <laughs> reference to a person or group? I mean, what a weird friggin' standard. Uh, The standards are very clear. It expresses contempt, ridicule, or superiority of race, ethnic heritage, religion, all that kind of stuff. If it's profane, if it has drug or gang references, I get all that stuff. But, you know, we've got these sort of citizens going out there filling out this form, which says, you know, I find the license plate listed above to be inappropriate for the following reasons. I think this is what that license plate means. And then, you know, the hooded candle holding... Hunter says okay. Uh thumbs down. There is a huge First Amendment issue here, I think, too. And I'm not yeah. the only one who thinks that. That is kind of an issue across the state, but not apparently in the
1: Interesting. Andrew, what are your thoughts on this? Well, actually, I had, a, I
2: had a license plate rejected. Yeah, because
3: they actually have a technical rule. I had the I had the most clever license plate idea ever that I that I wanted, and I was so excited because I always get vanity license plates my last uh car was Laserhawk hawk lzr hwk wow of course was it that? was but um for my for my new car i wanted to get tktk okay and it was kind of an editor joke right, right. like i can't think of what i'm gonna put so i'll put tktk in the Cute. meantime ha, ha, ha. funny they actually don't let you have repeating um letter and number
2: combinations
1: okay why
3: random right i don't know i have no they idea have all
1: but,
2: yeah. sorts of rules some of the rules are in the Actual statutes, some are just kind of administrative, like they have all these rules around Q's and O's and 1's and stuff like that.
3: Hmm. Yeah, yeah. So there's all, all kinds of weird things. So, yeah, I had to go with an alternate.
1: Now I want to do a whole episode about Vegas vanity plates because I do feel like I've seen more here than I have seen anywhere else.
2: <laughs> we yeah. always play that game where you try to figure out what it means, but then you come up with outrageous ways that clearly are not what the person intended like with this California guy, we'd be like um, Burger King. Uh, see, uh, see, uh, at Burger King, as we was trying to, you know, like we would just like goof on it a little bit. But we do that all the time.
1: David, if you were going to create uh, your own vanity license plates, uh, what would be? What would you express on your controversial opinion? Well,
2: apparently, Laserhawk's up for grabs, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna take that guy. Uh, that's mine, Laser Hawk. If you see me tooling around in my electric car and it says Laser Hawk, uh, you know it's me. Say hi, honk twice if you like the show. <laughs> How about you, Vogue?
1: Well, there is a tag already that's for like Nevadans for the arts. So I have my friend. I think she actually lobbied to like get that one, and so it goes back into like the oh, schools right. and like art education. But yeah, I would just go get the the one that supports the arts. Like I'm pretty. Pretty straightforward with mine. Oh, but
2: then if you could put your, your own letters or numbers on it, what would you do with that? So you already have the arts background, which is very cool. And some, there are some very cool ones, and a lot of people go for that, but then they also put, you know... Poet L custom message.
1: <laughs> no custom message. I would keep my my raggedy letters that I currently have.
2: I was gonna say,
3: and one argument in favor of being sort of more, you know, liberal toward, you know, you know, accepting vanity plates is that you pay extra, so that money goes into the tax coffers, uh, you know, presumably, and uh, supports the, you know, the public good. So, the streets. In as much as the state is recouping, you know, yeah, fees. Vanity plates serve, you know, an administrative function. I guess you could say.
2: Yes, just don't be sexual or vulgar, because it's Las Vegas after all.
1: Oh, David. Wait, what? <laughs> Make up your mind. What kind of Vegas do you want us to be? <laughs> well, you guys, I don't even know what this weekend is going to look like, but I hope that it's it's less violent um, <laughs> than what we have presently witnessed.
2: Welcome to Vegas. Handle your <laughs> shit. <laughs> Come on. That's the <laughs>
1: motto. I want to say that. Let me that. H D
2: L Y
3: R S H T. Boom. Is that seven Handle letters? Your <laughs>
1: <chat>. <laughs> Andrew and I David, thank letters. you so yeah. much for this conversation. Um, I'm so troubled by so many things that have occurred this week. And I hope next week is much better.
2: <laughs> Same here. Great being here. Thanks again. <laughs> Thanks, man. <Ari. laughs>
1: That's all for today here on CityCast Las Vegas. Our lead producer is Sonia Cho Swanson. Our producer is Layla Muhammad. Our newsletter editor is Scott Dickensheets, and our hosts are David Figler and me, Vogue Robinson. Music is by OG Moose, Epidemic Sound, and All the Kimonos. We record this show on the traditional homelands of the new the Southern Paiute people. If you enjoyed the show, why not tell a friend, rate the show, leave us a review, and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back Monday morning with more news from around the city. Take care.
3: Someone needs to get C-T-Y-C-S-T. Ooh. Huh? Huh? I huh? wonder uh, if
2: David Plotz and check. it. Katika... Cat.
3: <laughs> <laughs> see what i did there yeah
1: Catty's cause right, my, my
3: my the one i had to go with is my online chess handle which is which is lurker l-u-r-k-r and i always joke that it's not very popular when i happen to be driving by like uh in elementary, elementary school. schools
2: yeah, yeah.
1: guys yeah. Th- no <laughs> that's terrible
2: <laughs>